Hey, this is Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse podcast. Today I'm here with... Nick Dawson, Editor-in-Chief of TalkHouse Film. The one and only Nick. We have a very cool podcast pairing today. Ken Marino and Paul Shear, two guys who came up through sketch comedy, went on to write, direct, act, and collaborate. Indeed. Yeah, they talk here today because Ken Marino has a new movie, uh, How to Be a Latin Lover, that's out. It's a vehicle for Eugenio Derbez, who is this huge Mexican comedy star. Massive star down there. Yeah, and and uh, his sort of co-lead in the movie is Salma Hayek. And it has this pantheon, a pantheon of comedy stars in it. Like all of the Robs, Rob Corddry, Rob Lowe, Rob Riggle, Rob Hubel, and Michael Sarah, Raquel Welch. Raquel Welch, Kristen Bell is awesome in it. Michaela Watkins is in it. It's It's got kind of everybody. This is a who's who of both Hollywood, but also people who came out of sketch comedy. Yeah, because of course, Ken came from the state. Michael Showalter, David Wayne, Joe Latruglio, uh, Michael Ian Black. Very influential group. And, and Paul Scheer uh, came up with Human Giant. Jason Walner, uh, Aziz Ansari, and Rob Hubel, who is also in the movie. So this is like, they, they really have a very similar background, as you said, and, and they, they have an intuitive understanding of one another. They do. And the conversation touches both on those past connections and the way both of them have grown as artists. So one thing I really enjoyed in this conversation is the way that they talk about how members of their respective groups having success drove them towards new successes and new heights in their own artistry. Right. There's this interesting question of identity for them because when you come up through that kind of group, you're doing everything, as you said. And, you do it and, all. And, and they've never stopped doing all those things. You know, Ken is not an actor. He's not a director. He's not a writer. He, he just does everything. And, and it's, a, it's kind of a quandary for them in a way. Nick, you're saying he is a comedy chimera. I, I would not have expressed it like that, but I'm happy that you did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they, they, w- one of the things I really love about this conversation is they love to sort of play with one another comedically. Oh, for sure. And, and of course, these guys really got to know each other, as they talk about in this conversation, when they worked on the show Party Down together. Yeah, they did Party Down together and then went on to do Burning Love as well. And um, they're so good at riffing. They'll just take one tiny idea and run with it. And uh, when they're talking about Pixar bloopers, uh, Ken's dancing, uh, Ken being a Luddite, there's there's like little threads that go through the podcast where you can hear them really laughing out loud or just kind of suppressing laughter. And, you know, they really just kind of dove in. No, No starting topics, no hellos. No intros, no formalities. They just wanted to do this thing really badly and they kind of crushed it. They did. Let's roll it. Okay. So isn't that, well, we just start like we're talking like as if we were talking for a while, which we were. Yeah, Yeah, we're just talking. But isn't that, isn't the, in the blooper at the end of being there just one, it's one long take. I thought it was him messing up at the end of being there. Yes, but it's just, it's one, it's one scene. It's him lying down and he's like, he's trying to recount some thing that happened and he keeps cracking himself up. Right. He's like, you tell... You tell whatever to, and then he just keeps cracking up, and it's a long take, or they do jump cuts, but it's the same. Well, and then yeah, the, my memory of it was as a kid, like bloopers to me were the like because I grew up in the time too. It was like Cannonball Run. I was like, what? Let's see these bloopers. Let's oh, see yeah. Frank Sinatra like cracking up at Dom DeLuise or whatever it is. Right, like, right. You know, like, like Dean yeah. Martin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's it. Bloopers are they were always fun, and then they made a you know when we were growing up, there was a whole uh, you know. Do you remember watching like get, getting set and watching like a half hour, an hour of just bloopers from uh, you know? Oh, um, practical jokes like that. Like bloopers that, and practical jokes, jokes, but like, like the. Um, uh, what the hell was it? Uh, the cop show from way back when. Um, you all be careful out there. Was that? Uh, oh, Hill Street Blues. Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Remember? And I remember. I remember a Hill Street Blues blooper where like they're doing a scene and then they had just won an Emmy the right. night before. And what's his name? Like they're doing the scene, but the Emmy's on the oh on the board. <laughs> yeah, not, like on on a desk. And so like one of the actors, like uh, Dennis Franz or somebody, yeah. just kind of walks out and nonchalantly grabs the Emmy, walking out and like you know trying to save I, the scene. Uh, uh, to me. I, you know, the one I'm actually most amazed at is I don't know if you ever saw it, but um, these Pixar movies I don't even know how they get these bloopers, you know, because it's sort of like I would think that that's you know you know it's very difficult with uh, animation uh, you know animated characters yeah. to to get them to sign off to show any mistakes because well, the whole thing is like they are I mean like I believe that Lightning McQueen is a real car and then when I see him just laughing what do you mean you believe he's a real car? Well, I'm just saying, like, I believe that, like, you know, I don't want to believe, I don't want, I believe that Lightning McQueen is a racer who was abandoned this in Radiator Spring. That's what I'm saying. So when he's laughing in those blooper reels, I'm like, well, what's the reality? Though? I I'm mean, uh, I, you know, I think, I, I, I think, uh, I think those are staged. Oh, you see, and I bet, yeah. Cause that's a Disney thing. That's like, yeah, I think you they know, pay those yes, actors. You're right. To uh, create those bloopers. I think I, Lightning McQueen, cause I don't think, first of all, I don't think yeah. Lightning McQueen would ever make mistakes. Well, I mean, the only mistake that he makes is self-reliance. Uh, and then, you know, and then realizing that, you know, it does need a team. Um, well, I was Anyway, we were talking about bloopers because <laughs> the end of uh, Latin Lover, we yeah. did, um, we we shot a- Well, you did, you did a double whammy, in my opinion, of the end of Latin Lover because I was watching that film with a crowd, a normal paying crowd. I'd, I'd paid for your movie and thank I was Thank you very excited. much for your, thank you for your support. Yeah, and- uh, and I felt like you did the double whammy, which is there's like it's not a sing along, it's a dance along that was very fun to watch because it's like like something about Mary ends with that like I'm they're all singing a song. I, yes. There's something like really like, I left that theater excited because there was a dance along and then there was bloopers. I left very okay. We did a double whammy. You did double. We double down. I but by the way, in a great way because I feel like that was to me anyway. The movie is such a fun. It's a fun movie to watch, and it's kind of. It's it reminds a romp. Me, it's a. It's a. It's a. It's a comic romp. Uh, I and I don't. You know. <laughs> I look. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you right here. I'm gonna say it is a comic romp, but it, there was something really fun about it. And maybe it was also just the excitement of finding this actor who is a gigantic star, uh, Eugenio. Right. That's Eugenio, how you Eugenio Derbez. Yeah, he's he he's a, huge in Mexico. A walk, a star in the Walk of Fame. Mm -hmm. Like he, his movies make a ton of money. But to me, I've never seen any of his movies. Didn't know who he was. And it was just so fun to see him. I, I thought uh, Salma Hayek was great. Those two Robs. Uh, I never saw those guys before. Rob Hubel, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> I love those guys. Uh, no, but it was there was something really fun about. Watching somebody that you don't know who's so kind of like wonderfully effortless. I don't know how to describe it more than that. He's a it was charming. Like, he's a charming. Yeah. Conf, you know, he's he's very he's a he's a very good actor and comedian, and he's a yeah. seasoned. He's seasoned. He's been right. doing it for a very long time, and so there's an ease to his performance, and there's a there's a confidence to his performance, and that's why he um, you know he carries that movie. And um, you yeah. know, when I came on as the director. Um, I didn't know a lot of his work. I had seen Instructions Not Included, 
And then I went back and watched some of his other stuff, um, which was a lot of TV stuff. Which and, is hard, though, for you because subtitles, I imagine that's a tough thing for you to get through, right? A little bit. It's hard for me because I don't own any any anything to watch it on, so I had to yeah. sneak into friends' homes and yeah, and, that's and, and I, I understand that like you are you live a very simple life. Uh, I'm a luddite. Yeah, I don't have any electric in my house. I mean, I'm actually. Is that, and then that is that an allergy thing, or is that just you, or is that a, is that a choice? No, luddites are it, uh, you tend to be a choice. Although there are there are people who are allergic, like um, yeah, like from Better Call Saul, like, yeah, 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 uh, the, yeah uh, um, Mike uh, Mike's Mike brother, <laughs> yeah, is it, no? yeah, it, uh, it's oh uh, well, Saul Goodman's brother, but Jimmy's brother, Jimmy's, Jimmy's brother, brother. Yeah. Jimmy McGill's brother. Do you watch Better Call Saul? I love Better Call. Me Saul. Me too. I think it's great. But this goes into my whole thing about. You directing Latin Lover. I've worked with you, obviously, as a director, uh, obviously. But no, uh, but <laughs> uh, but I just I want to. You're a wonderful uh, actor and uh, slash comedian. Uh, 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 you're boy, just a wonderful. You. Uh, yeah, talent. whatever. So, uh, but um, but I do have like an honest, earnest question about you approaching this movie. So you are not super familiar with this uh, this guy who you know, oh, you, you, I know. Uh, and you you kind of catch up on him, but in jumping into a movie directing him he's a huge star so it, you're you're kind of directing someone who in many respects has a i imagine a lot of opinions about the comedy about Absolutely. the story he wants to he's tell a, he's a guy uh, uh, so ask your question yeah no but oh, no but the, but that yeah yeah we're going in the right direction he's a guy who uh has been doing this for over a quarter of a decade maybe thir right. 30 30 years or so he's been in the business and he comes from TV and sketch comedy. He created his own sketch comedy show okay. um, where he played all these crazy, big, broad, ridiculous characters. Yeah. He he did a, a spin-off sitcom off of that about this family who actually wears all these furry clothes. Then he kind of <laughs> crossed over and came over here and did... You know, guest spots and did a. Uh, he was on the sitcom Rob, and he did a bunch of stuff with Adam Sandler. Okay, and um, uh, little parts on on in Adam Sandler movies, and he's just been around. He's just and he's done all sorts of things. But the big breakout movie that he did was uh, about four or five years ago called Instructions Not Included. Right, I remember seeing the billboards around LA, and then people were saying that this movie was a gigantic hit. Yes, and he wrote and directed and 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 like had his hand in editing, and he right. starred in it, and he's charming in it, and he. So yes, I was uh, I was uh, not concerned about it, but I was interested to see how how much he wanted to be involved in, yeah. in the process and why he wasn't directing this. Yeah, the reason he didn't want to direct it is because this was sort of his uh, stab, his first stab at uh, a crossover movie. Right, um, it was mostly English, and he wanted to he wanted to get like um, uh, Hollywood actors to be right. in it and. Um, and but it, but he was worried was... about the difference between American humor and uh, Got it. and Mexican humor, and so just to go back to your earlier question, yeah, working with this working big star, with Eugenio, who's like, a, you know, is he controlling? Is he a yeah. guy who like wants to be involved? He is a guy who wants to be involved in all aspects of it, right? Um, but what's great about Eugenio is he's a guy who. Um, He's just a good guy. Like right. he's like he's you know he's just a he's very humble and he's hardworking and he's um, dedicated and he you know he just wants to get the joke right and he wants to get the lines right or he wants to get the scene right and he'll come in to edit and he'll be like and he'll come in and and make suggestions about like. 
different jokes or maybe if you cut it like this and he's aware of all of those aspects right. of it. I mean, just much like you and I, because we had we did our own. Yeah. You, you did. Um, uh, you, you I had have, NTSF uh, and I've had uh, League whatever, or whatever. Well, you, but uh, yeah, right. And what? then and then you and uh, Rob uh, did. Um, uh, you, you know your uh, sketch comedy show. Oh, oh yeah, the, uh, the, Human Giant. Yes, yeah, Human Giant. And um, and we, you know, I did the state, and you know that whole. We were, I think, you and I were educated right. in like um, our school of comedy was like we were involved in all aspects of it. Yeah, right? you have you know, to you be. Have I to think be I... in the editing room, and you're you write it, and you're in it, and you're how are you shooting it, and and he's the same way. And so I, so to 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 go back to that first question, he was involved. I wasn't scared of it. In fact, that's why I got. I think I got the job. I walked into the meeting, and I was like, I know you. Right. We have very similar careers, yeah. you know, in in some ways. Um, I can help, and we can do this together. And uh, I think he responded to that, and that's. Um, so I have a bunch of questions though for you because the movie also looked like it had a budget, like a significant budget. Am I right in that? Or no? Okay, really? No, the we didn't have a big budget. Um, wow, that that movie it looked great. But we had a great DP and. You know, we were lucky in that some of the locations, uh, we, you know, we, we we intentionally were trying to make it feel like a bigger movie right. because, again, this was Eugenio's uh, calling card, like his, his like crossover movie or right. whatever you want to call it. It was the movie where he was, you know, his coming out party right. to. So you don't want Hollywood, to make it look right? like an indie movie. You no. want to make it look like you have some, yeah. So one of the things, you know, I, I tried to do is um, anytime there was a a new location, we'd really try to make it. Big and colorful and 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 um, uh, just look more expensive than it than it yeah. looks. Um, the luxury we had is, uh, you know, there's that big party sequence at yeah. the end. We found this incredible yard uh, that was that already looked, you know, the order is eighty percent there. But then we have like uh, Marsha um, Hines, our, our production designer, like you know, goose it up to make it look extreme. Yeah, because that looked, it looked insanely beautiful. I mean, that, that when I saw that scene, I was like, wow, this is like a big, this, you have a lot of money. Um, but we didn't. Right. Uh, so, in a weird way, you're working a little bit outside of your group of friends, but you were able to kind of bring in some amazing people that we, from our world, you know, which is, you know, Rob Corddry, Rob Riggle, Rob Hubel, other Rob Lowe, all Robs. Kristen uh, Bell, uh, Kristen, Michaela Watkins, and, Michael yeah, Sarah, and, uh, Linda and, Lavin. And uh, why am I forgetting his name right now? Uh, he hosted Newsreaders, Mather Zickle. Oh, Mather Zickle, yeah. yeah. And so Kills you, it. Yeah, great. And um, I thought that was a, kind of a great thing, though, too, because you have these other people who... I thought Kristen Bell was great in the movie, Me by too. the way. But it was like, it's interesting to... Do they trust you, essentially, to bring in these people? Because I would imagine you're introducing... A few of those people, at least, you know, like to them. I think, again, you know, uh, when I was uh, interviewing for the job, right. one of my pitches to Eugenio was like, I know you and I I, I think we can do this together yeah. and we'll, we're on the same page. And and the other pitch was like, I have a lot of, like, I'm lucky enough to have all these, like, really funny people. I mean, it was the same with Burning Love. Like, yeah. I mean, you got called, Michael- you, called you up and yeah. I was like, would you do this? And you were nice enough to say, yeah, I'll come and do it. And like... The, the, that's like more than half the battle to get like someone who's super funny right. to come in and like. Well, the fact you and, got Michael Sarah in a movie is, I think, like the because Michael seems so, and we know Michael, but it's like, but he he pops up in. You never know. You never know. Like sometimes you could be like, oh, Michael, he lives in Japan now. Like you don't know. Like that's right. It's just well, something happened with Michael, and I think that this won him over. There was a, there was something with um, you know Cl- Cloris Leachman was. We were talking about Cloris Leachman. Okay. Uh, f- f- 
uh, for a little while. She was in like the right. mix of kind of, hey, what about Cloris Leachman? Because right. I love Cloris Leachman. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, you know, I'll let you wear my underwear from <laughs> uh, High Anxiety yeah, and yeah. from everything. And uh, Young Frankenstein. And so we were talking about her a little bit. And then I went out to, not, not with Michael Sarah, yeah. but like with the producers. And then I went out to Michael Sarah and I was, I think I, oh, and I just texted him and I was like, hey, man, um, you know, I'm doing this movie. I was wondering if you could do this part. Um, FYI, just a crazy thing. Met Cloris Leachman. Yeah. You know, um, it was crazy. It was so crazy. Like yeah. I could knock that right, you know, right, knock that off my bucket list, right. whatever. Um, and he was like, oh, Cloris Leachman. And then we went back and forth with like names of yeah. Cloris Leachman characters in movies. And we just started like, he wasn't. He's was like, yeah, send me the script or whatever. Yeah. But then we were just talking about Cloris Leachman, Leachman yeah. and then um, Young Frankenstein and yeah. um, Last Picture Show and all these different things. And then I think because of that, he was like, he felt like for some reason, right. it's like attachment or whatever. Yeah, we had a nice like conversation. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do, you know, like because I don't know, I don't know, yeah. but oh, I'm so glad he did it because I think this because he came in with his sort of Gene Wilder hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, and like, and I thought that in my head, he came in with that hairstyle because he came in with a hairstyle. Right. You know how you like yeah. sometimes like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. walk in, you have a look that you're like, yeah, you're like, hey, hey, what do you think? That's what I'm thinking. And so he came in, and I didn't, I didn't even go to hair and makeup. He just showed up on the set like with his hair like that, and I was like, perfect, great, I love it. But in my head, it, he would he did it because uh, he did that hairstyle because he it was an homage to. Um, uh, Gene Wilder in Young Frankenstein because we were talking about uh, Cloris Leachman. That could be a stretch, but that's why that's why I think no, he did. No, but that's it. It's, it. It makes sense. Like, he's so funny, and it was great to like. That was the fun of it, seeing all the surprises throughout. Um, my question now to you about your trajectory. I think you and I have similar trajectories in a certain way because it's sort of like you came up with this sketch group and you know like a very revered sketch group of the like the state and then you my, this tell me where i'm and wrong and you with human giant oh thank you <laughs> uh but tell me where i'm wrong about me knowing about you so then my interpretation of it was always like you were the most you went boom came out to hollywood and then you started working nonstop right as yeah. like kind of like you were in shows and pop like you were like at least when i was in new york i was like oh well ken is like the big star he's in la doing oh that was that was the interpretation of it that you had gone off to make your do you, you want know. me to correct as you go along yeah, or do you want to you're yeah, gonna yeah. do the timeline and well, then you want to well uh, well yeah i guess <laughs> well and then, and then i guess but then i guess i guess i got to know you but there was like so you kind of came out here and you were doing pilots and you were on shows and again i'm doing ju large jumps but then you know, you got involved in children's, and then you were you were right. Obviously, you did. Uh, you were in Wet Hot, the movie, but then you were you co-wrote Role Models with David, and then Burning Love. Like, so you've you've kind of run the gamut of. I guess what I'm saying is like you've directed, you've written, you've done sketch, you've done mainstream network television, you've done really weird Adult Swim TV. Like you've kind of you really have done. Everything and obviously you've been in movies and stuff too, but it's like you kind of have your career kind of is a little bit all over the place. It was, I, and I think sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. But I, I, but but yeah. uh, uh, I want to do a, a question to you about yeah. what you just asked me. But I mean, you know, the the state the state happened, and then when the state stopped, basically stopped making yeah. money, we weren't making money. We all were like, okay, well, um, we're not really breaking up, but we're sort of breaking up because we all have to get work. Right. Right. And then um, soon after that, I, st 
I auditioned for a couple of things. I think I came out here for pilot season, and I was out here with Joe Latruglio and um, Ali Marsh. And uh, we were roommates for the two or three months we were out here, and then uh, I wound up getting a pilot that uh, that immediately got canceled, and then I went moved back to New York, but it was with... um, uh, it was three brothers moved back into their parents' house because the parents moved down to Florida. Okay. And it was me, Mark Ruffalo, and Sean Astin as brothers. Whoa. And um, uh, Jamie Widows, uh, okay. who was a... Uh, Cheers? A, Is that true? No, Jamie no? Widows directed it. He's... Um, uh, he was uh, in Animal House. He was oh, like, the okay. t- I state your name. He's the guy who says, oh, I okay. So uh, he directs a lot now, but yeah. he's a tall, redheaded guy. Yeah. Um, so that didn't go. Wow. But then Mark Ruffalo went on to do, you know, the next thing he yeah. did was like, and I remember talking to him on the set because it was a four camera yeah. thing. And he's like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I like this sitcom stuff. Uh, <laughs> he's like, I, I think this is for me. And uh, and then he immediately went in, and like the next thing he was in was like, you can count, you count on me. me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was a gigantic star. And then uh, Sean Astin went on to do like Lord of the Rings like, yeah. right after that. Um, but what I did was I immediately, um, I, that show got canceled. And then they had looked for the re- a replacement for Ron Eldard on Men Behaving Badly, the second okay. season. And I had... Uh, they looked through everybody, but I I was on hold, so I couldn't audition for it. Okay. But then they still hadn't cast anybody. Then I was released from that sitcom, and then I uh, got an audition, and I got that job, and I immediately, and that's when I moved out here. Okay. And I had thirteen episodes on a NBC uh, show, which then immediately got canceled uh, after eight, and then I was out here. Um, and my trajectory after that, at that point was like, you know, pilot and it not going or right. guest spot of like nice guy boyfriend. And I wasn't really kind of in, I wasn't focused on doing like big comedies. I was just like, let me see if I can kind of right. survive by myself without the 11 headed beast known as the state. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's what I was doing for a while out here. Um, but sort of rudderless, like not like hoping that right. I would just hit something as an actor, and I wasn't focused on writing or directing, or producing or any of that. And when were you in the state? When you were there, were you writing a lot, or were you more? Yeah. Of a, okay. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we did everything in the state, much like you guys yeah. did. You know, um, and and uh, you know, we wrote it, we wrote our material, we acted in it, we edited it, we you know, we, we directed it. Um, so we were involved in the whole thing, and and so I always had a taste for that. Yeah. Um, but acting was something I've wanted to do since I was, I don't know, um, yeah. uh, in fourth grade, you know? And so so I was like, let me let me see if I could do this acting thing. And I sort of let the other stuff fall by the wayside. And, and then David and I got together and wrote this ridiculous in- movie called The Ten. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Where we locked ourselves in a room for a week and just wrote a script and were like, let's see if we could shoot this without anybody giving us notes. I remember, I think... Part of the impetus of the ten was because am I wrong in remembering that David was on Best Week Ever, which was a show I was doing in New York, and he was a special correspondent for Best Week Ever at Sundance. And I think there was, or this is the, at least the story that I remember hearing, uh, because Owen Burke, my friend who now works for Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's company, and is an amazing improviser, writer, performer, everything, he's great, uh, was thinking that like David was there at Sundance and being like. 
the fuck? All these people. I can, I can make a movie. I'm going to make a movie. And then like came back to. Well, get, he did. Wet Hot was the first movie. Oh, right. he, he, Wet right, Hot was yes. the first movie that went to uh, Sundance. He and Showalter wrote that. And okay. that was, I, I was out here and I, they asked me to do a right. small part in that. Uh, and so I was in the movie, uh, but that was right. still while my I was. timeline is all over the place. That's yeah. while I was still out here just kind of trying to get pilots yeah. and doing guest spots and stuff like that, but not writing anything. I'm going to get back to my question to you, sure, sure. but but the thing that I noticed when like Showalter and David, I mean, the thing that I saw, David and Showalter wrote Wet Hot. Right. And, we, and they were getting that produced. Michael, uh, uh, Tom Lennon and Ben Garant uh, came out here and they were writing uh, movies and selling yeah. things. Uh, Mike Black was uh, writing scripts. And so the state uh, always had a, a competitive thing right. going on right i mean it was yeah. just a, it, but it was a healthy people, yeah. for the most part it was a healthy competitive thing yeah um and so i was like fuck fuck that i i can i'm gonna yeah. write a movie i'm i can write you know i can, I can write a movie i wrote back then i'm gonna write yeah. it and so that's the thing that got me back into writing um and wanting to do other things than just uh acting uh which i was doing for about five years post yeah. the state i was just like ah, i'm just gonna act and um and then dave and i started writing and then i started kind of uh, shadowing directors and and directing but did you guys did you and rob and um and um aziz aziz um have a compete like did do you guys like feed off of each other and do you like do you go like oh fuck he's doing that i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do this or you know, like i think it i think it's interesting because and I'll just put, uh, for the sake of this conversation, Jason Wolner is our fourth member. He directed pretty much the line, like I would say 95% of our show and and wrote uh, equally with the four of us, just to, just to say it because right. I never, I feel like he never gets to play. But um, I think there was half and half. You know, we were a tighter group. You know, there's only like small, four. It was a smaller, smaller, yeah, smaller yeah. group, yeah. So I think what happened was... Uh, when we decided not to do our third season, season we were asked by MTV come back and do a third season. Now at that point, Aziz had gotten um, Parks and Rec, but it was not Parks and Rec yet. But it was like the show. So the thought was we can do a third season, but Aziz now is committed to Parks and Rec, and Mike Schur and uh, and uh, and Greg Daniels were like, "Don't worry about it. We'll get we'll get him out for you guys. We'll get him out. This is, we want we don't want to wreck this group. We don't want to be responsible for wrecking the group." And we all had this honest conversation, and Aziz is like, "I'm down. Like, let's let's do this." But we had this conversation, like, and this is probably I think more spearheaded by myself because I could see a little bit ahead. I was like, "I feel like if we start writing, and Aziz comes in because he's now been working on Parks and Rec and goes like, well, I don't like this sketch." We're gonna build up resentment to him, like, well, you're not around, you're not writing it, right? right? And then, and equally, like, oh, now we now because we would write everything as a group. It had to be a hundred percent. We all were in at a hundred percent. It was right. never like three versus one. It's it was like we agreed. Everybody to get, had to agree to do it. And so I was like, and then I would see like, well, now we're writing sketches for Aziz, but Aziz is not here. So why are we writing for him when we could be? I, I could see if we did a third season, those tensions rising and right. i was like i don't think this is a good environment for us because the way that we worked as a group was incredibly collaborative and then you take out one person who had a very strong voice in that group and for better or for worse like we all had very strong opinions about what we thought worked and what we didn't and so my thought was i don't think we should continue doing the show because i don't think it will have the same thing that we've always had so at that point we decided not to go on so to answer your question i think we left as friends. Like we left going like, oh, that was good. 
And then Aziz and Wolner seemingly kind of partnered up a little bit to write stuff together. And and then Hubel and it I seems like I you guess, and Hubel did too. Kind of partnered up too. So we just kind of broke. And then those alliances kind of broke even from there. Like Aziz was doing stand-up. And uh, Rob is right, everybody's like, doing their own thing. But yeah. I mean, but it seems like didn't you like kind of go, okay, well, those guys are doing you know, I mean, did you ever use what the other guys were doing? To kind of fuel your Absolute, passion for something. Absolutely, I think you know, you're like, oh, Aziz is writing these movies for Appetite. Like, I should be like doing this, right? right like, right. and I think you're always like feeling like I, I'm not doing enough. And you know, I think because of the from what we come from, like comedy, like you can do all the pieces of this puzzle. So it's like, well, I should be writing a thing. I should be right. doing this. I should be doing that. And I think, uh, you know, for me, it was like, oh, I like when I saw what Rob was doing with Children's, I was like. That seems like fun. I want to do something in that world. Like I want like a, a fifteen minute show. I want like, and I think you're always inspired by other people. And and, but I don't think it ever got to be competitive. I don't know. It's weird. It was not. We. I'm sure it was all underlying, but I never like. I, well, I there's a green eyed monster, right? Like the is that the, is that the term? The green eyed monster oh, like of like the guy that like you know you're you're jealous of like, like I, like I I feel like the state for me yeah was. You know, there at all different points in my career, I'm always like, you know, there's the green-eyed monster of like, like I'm jealous of this. Or why is this person getting this? Yeah. Or why is this? But what I, I guess what I'm saying is with the state, I love those guys so much, and yeah. I think you love the guys yeah. in Human okay. Giant so much that like, uh, and I'm putting words in your mouth. No, I, mean, you I do. We, uh, we have so much. Fr- we are friends, and still to this yeah, day. Yeah, those those are my those are my brothers and sister, yeah. and and so watching them succeed in something was exciting but also kind of sparked a competitive flame yeah. in a in a more more in a more positive than negative way like like watching Tom right, and you're not ben rooting succeed. for their you're not rooting for their failure. No, but I'm like, all right, if they could do that, I'm going to do this. And so then I went off and like wrote like a, I was like, I'm going to write a big comedy movie, and I wound up writing Diggers, which is this tiny little slice of life independent right. like dramedy. Yeah, but we got it done, and you know, and like. And I'm I'm happy about it, you know. It's like this, it, but it was and it was my first like screen credit of a movie. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have done that if I didn't see that Ben and Showalter were writing something and well, Black was I writing think, something. Well, I think you know maybe to answer your question more effectively, it seemed me. And I'm putting words now in your mouth. The state was your comedy community because eleven people. To me, the UCB is my comedy community. So I'm right. not. So I it see. was like yes, Aziz, Rob, Jason, but also. Rob Riggle, Rob right. Cordry, Ed Helms, Owen like, Burke, Owen Burke, but yeah, yeah like yeah, like right. all like. So I was in a group of people that we were performing together. So it was like a grouping of fifty people. I'm like, oh, they're doing that. Oh, Scott Armstrong wrote Old School. Oh, uh, you know, right, like, right, right. You know, like this guy is on this show. Like, and all of a sudden, it, like, it was our whole scene was kind of blowing up together. So that, so yes, you're right. Uh, but it was just like it was a wider swatch. Um, but so you, I want to go back to one thing that you said because I identify with this, and I would love to hear. What you think, like you, because you, you've worked in, you've written movies, you've directed, you've directed a movie, you've directed series, you've been in series, you've done network, you've done cable, you've done this acclaimed, you know, show that people, you know, party over. You've done every facet of acclaimed. What was it acclaimed? Uh, uh, I was a party over. Uh, a party, party down? down. Sorry, yeah, party down. Why? Yeah, uh, like I think oh, that's. Thank I mean, you. Don't you think that's like one of the most like 
in the pantheon of like great sitcoms, it's up there. I feel like I th I think that there's a it's I think there is a a, a a small group of people who really cherish that show as as do yeah, I. It's um, a, that's where you and I met. Yeah. No, is it? Yeah. I remember that, like, we may have been around each other, but I feel like that was the first time I remember connecting with you on that set. Really? I, I think so. I mean, that's been a while. I mean, that's a while ago, I feel like. That's crazy I, I, to me. I yeah. thought we knew each other before then, but maybe you're right. I feel, I, I feel like that was the time I remember going like, oh, I really have this guy, Ken. He's really funny. I'm very nice and um, yeah. I'm extremely funny. But Thank I mean, so and ob uh, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and obviously children's too, but I'm just saying, but there was something about Party Over Here is I think always spoken Stop of. Stop saying Party oh, Over Here. Why do you want to say Party Over Sorry. I don't know. Party, party Over down. There? Yeah. <laughs> I did a show called Party Over Here. That's why. Uh, party Down. You Sorry. were great in that. Party That's, Over Here. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, but, <laughs> but no, Party Down, like I feel like it's always mentioned that way so what i'm saying to you is to get back to this it is i think tough when you're known not just as an actor or not just as a director not just as a writer and you know like what do you want to do you know you you worked you know recently you were on you know marry me it's a big network show you know and and, and at the same time you're doing very cool uh and not to say that wasn't cool i'm just saying but you're doing you're all over the board does it do you find that to be difficult and like to pitch yourself as what you are yes because what i really want to do is i want to dance well and that's the thing i know about you and i'm glad that we are here to finally yeah. talk the two things i wanted to talk about was <laughs> one i wanted to talk about the murder case that right. i feel like you've been getting a bad rap in right. all the papers i believe that's, i believe I your story there. i haven't been to canada in years and 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 the fact that this fake media is pulling yeah. out these yeah. facts i am sickened by it but I want to talk about that. I want to talk about dance and uh, <laughs> my love of dance. Um, to me, watching you dance <laughs> is seeing, uh, and the only way I can describe it is um, it's like, like a, a rose bloom or a flower bloom. It's like a nature documentary. It's like watching a feather in the wind. I and I'm amazed that Alvin Ailey does he play a large Alvin part? Alvin Ailey was quoted yes. saying, mm -hmm. "Watching." Uh, my first recital was a, a was a revelation. See, that's amazing. And he actually and that's did Alvin the, Ailey. That's not me. And and that was an Alvin Ailey, I believe. And I I I don't have it in front of me, but does a a yearly performance of a thing called Revelation based on mm -hmm. Party Over There? Party Over There. <laughs> um, the answer to your question is all I've tried to do in my career is to try to work and mm. and pay my bills and try to work with people who I enjoy working with as much as I possibly can. As I've gotten older, that's become uh, easier to do. When I was right. younger, I, you know, just whatever job I yeah. can get, I would take. Um, when I got back into doing stuff more than just uh, Actor acting, I. you know, when I started writing and, and directing and producing and doing stuff with Dave and kind of getting back into the deep into the comedy world and yeah. doing like these like smaller shows or these, you know, like sort of on the, on the edges yeah. uh, kind of shows that people dig. Um, I was able to, I was able to kind of control more who I would work with. And, right. and so, but I, you know, when you hindsight being 2020, I always go, man, if I just kind of stayed focused on one thing or did this thing, I mean, what would, what would it have been like? What have, what would my right. career have been like? To this point, you know, and who knows? I don't know. I mean, like, um, so I have that. I have that same thought, 
and I'll tell you how I've come to at least terms on it is like, I think it will be slightly less fulfilling because I think part of the thing that, or at least for me, fuels me to do the next thing is like, oh, I've done a little bit of this. Now let me like switch it up and and now focus on like it. It's it's fun I think to sometimes be an actor in someone's production where you have no stakes. I don't have to go to the edit room. I don't have to, like right. you got it. You got it. I don't have to worry about budget. Right, right. Then there's then there's moments where I'm like I I, I'm all it. over. It. Like what does the costume look yeah. like? What is this? Or you know like has this? and I think fluctuating in and out of that we have this amazing ability to kind of to try different things. Like you yeah. know it's like I feel like once you kind of give over to one thing. Then you are. It may be hard to figure out what you are. Maybe people are like, well, but is he directing now? Like, like you know, are people thinking to you like, oh, well, is he looking for his next big directing job, or are you looking f- to do a network show? Like, like, well, and I'm do- and the truth is, is I'm doing both. But people are like, I thought you were directing now. You're right. auditioning for stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all. I'm doing the same shit. Like the same because I'm people want to put same. you in this thing and go like, oh, but this and that. And I, I think, and when you have success at it, it's harder because like, well, I just saw you. I'm Marry Me, right? You're just the lead on Marry Me. So uh, you're co-lead on Marry Me. Like, so, so now you're not acting? No, no. it's like you can, they can all exist. Right. And I think that it's, it, I, I hopefully it's more, people are getting more and more behind that. But I, I think that that's, it feels more healthy to be able to be like, yeah, you got to direct this great movie, work with new people, try new things. And now whatever you're interested in, you can follow next. Right. I mean, and you know, but but it, but what's interesting to me for, for me at this point, this movie came out. How to Be yeah. a Latin Lover came out, and and like people are going to see it, and it's it didn't didn't like um, just disappear, and nobody no, saw it's a, it. Like it came it's, in number two at the box office against like a giant movie. It's doing it's doing well. Knock on wood, yeah. and it's and and people are going people are going to see it, and and it's considered. Um, it's a uh, hit, right? I mean, I, I don't even want to say those okay. words, but it's, it's, it's not it's not it's, it's not considered a, a, a failure. Right. So um, hopefully that will generate you know uh, more opportunities as a director. Um, but I'm still like you know trying to grind it out as right. an actor. But um, but it makes me kind of go, okay, well, what is the thing that? Because like I went in and I, I kind of tried to grab this. Yeah, job, and I saw I had a, a take on it, and I wanted to work with Eugenio. But like, what is the thing that like what would be the next thing that I would direct? And right. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm I'm because of the kind of hodgepodge, patchworky sort of yeah. career that I've had, which is like all these different things. I mean, that's maybe a slightly negative way of saying. No, but, it, but no, but I feel like, like same way. I might always. Like, like, what yeah. is the next thing that I kind of want to do? Because I because I want to do there's like 15 things I want to do. So like, what what is the right choice? And I don't think there is a right choice. You just have to pick something. Oh, I think I always lane. was looking for people that tell me what I should be doing next. I want. I I feel the same way. I want to like I have this and I want to have this and I want to do this. And I was like, I was waiting for someone to say like, oh, no, no, this is what you should do. And I realized lately, I'm like, oh, I don't need that because you just do that. I think if you just follow the thing that is you, that you're most passionate about in that moment, right? Then you can kind of, it will be successful because of that. The minute you feel like you begrudgingly, like if you didn't want to direct this movie and someone's like, yeah, but Ken, I'm going to tell you. If you do this, then you'll get right, uh, right, you know, right. get in this world, and then you'll get this, and then you'll get this, and then and if you're if you're making a decision to get four steps ahead, I find those are the sometimes the worst decisions because you're like, well, I'll do this, but I don't really want to do this. I'm I'm, I'm trying to do it for this other thing. And I feel like once if you if you and it sounds dumb, it's like chase your passion, but it is, but it's like what you're excited about in that moment. Although I, I will say, I just had sort of a, a, the opposite conversation uh, with my team, right? Okay, yeah. Which is like I was like, 
I'm like, all right, so what's the thing? Yeah. Like, what do we, what do we do? And they're like, well, you know, there's this, you know, here's f- yeah. 15 things that you can yeah. read and look at and consider and talk about. And not, not like here are things you can definitely get. Yeah. Like here are things that you can you go and try to and, yeah. try to get, right? And I'm like, maybe it's just this like fantasy version of Hollywood to me. But I always thought, and I said this in the room, I was like, I always in my head, I want like, like somebody to be like. Slap down a piece of paper and be like, "Here's your next thing, and this is yeah. what you have to do." Yeah, and 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 they're like, "I don't know if I've ever said that." You know, like yeah. I don't know if we've ever said that. That is like it's such a weird, fucked up, like romantic. Well, you think, yeah, you think it you distorted think version of how it goes that someone's gonna like present to you a career path that you're like, ah, now the door is open and here we go. Uh, is there a reason why? You didn't appear in this movie at all, Latin Lover. I was kind of on standby if somebody, if, 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 you know, going back to an er, much earlier question, I called up a lot of friends and asked them. I've been very lucky. I have a lot of talented, funny friends that I've worked with. My phone, my uh, my phone was broken. I think, I think for when you were in a lot of pre production stuff, Um, I probably, I I know you didn't return my call, so I don't know what happened. Um, But, uh, but yeah, so you were great in Burning Love. Thank you so much. Um, no, I, I go. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I, I, I called, you called a bunch I, of friends. I called up. some friends up, and I was like, yeah. "Would you be interested in in doing this?" And and um, if if for some reason we were getting close to production and shooting, and, yeah. and somebody said no or had to drop out, I was I was on standby to to drop myself in. Well, but my but question, I had no desire to be in the movie. But yeah, to me, like, is it because I mean, not not that's I no because that you way. wanted to focus on being a director. Yeah, is that like uh, yes. Because I mean, because I I think that that is, I think you're taking on something, or at least in my opinion, and watching it like this is a big deal and a big step. So it was like to be f- solely focused on one thing, right? Or is it that? Or is no, it no? I mean, like Burning yeah. Love was one right. of the most incredible experiences right. of my professional career, which is like I had such a great time. I got to work with my wife, yeah. who wrote, you know, created this world and this show, people. and I was directing myself and I you know the only time it was difficult for me because people like wasn't it hard like directing and being the only time was difficult was um, when it was like a lot of people and had to figure out like make sure I was covering the whole scene properly but like when it's like when you're in a scene it's actually it's actually easier because I know how to I've done it long enough where I can like give myself a note in the moment yeah. or you know or or drop out of the character and be like can you bring the camera over here and do this and right. keep rolling and then pick it up again and just jump right back into it it was fun to watch you do that to kind of work that way but you're also trusting someone behind a monitor too or no are you just of course it i mean you know i well, you you make sure that you have like you know my dp of that was yeah. great and and um frank barrera and then to you know and then eric is there watching the monitor and so like you know you have people you trust and you turn to them and you go did you get that you sure yeah. We got that, and in, in my head, I'm like, I want to make sure that that moment was framed up. Was that good? Okay, good. Yeah. You know, so I enjoy being in something and directing it. But for I don't know for this, like I was like, I want to. I, I guess I sort of wanted to impress Ohenio by being like, here, like here, yeah. I can pull all these people in, yeah, and um, not throw myself. Like it seems like it would. There was like a. I want to make sure he didn't think I wanted to. Right. Yeah. Weasel myself into the movie. You know what I mean? And then. Uh, and this is a dumb question, but as we wrap up here, uh, was it hard to direct in a foreign language in those scenes? Because there, that's there's a that's a um, especially the scene where they're drinking tequila, where he's kind of like getting her to get ready for this yeah. date. Like that, that's a very that's an emotional 
core moment of the movie. Uh, you know, I don't speak Spanish. Right. Uh, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny little bit. Um, but um, uh, uh, Un poquito. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I had the luxury of Ben O'Dell, the producer, who right. was a great guy who spoke Spanish and English, and uh, Eugenio, uh, who I felt like was the uh, sort of uh, player coach. You yeah. know, he was like... In the moment, but and, right. and he's directed before, and so I went. I would go to him, and I'd say, "How was that? How did that? How did that feel to you?" Because I feel like even though I didn't know the every word they were saying, I followed it right. um, emotionally. Right. And if if and you can call bullshit on something. You, right, I mean, yeah. you can call bullshit on acting, no matter what language is in. You know, it's funny because sometimes if you watch, I, I do this every now and then. Like if you watch TV with the the sound off. You can kind of tell where the like what is going on just based on you know just seeing exactly just the posturing the face everything yeah that's right and so so I would go in and I'd be like Ohenio did how'd you feel about that and he's like well I stuttered on this or I tripped up on this I'd like to do that again I'm like it felt right how did it feel to you and he's like no it felt good it felt like you know right. I, I would say that you know it's the same with Selma yeah. I'd be like you know or I'd say to Ohenio how did, did Selma yeah how did she did she you know throw that line out right. She's like, he's like, yeah, well, that was great. And we talk about it between takes and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it was different. It was a different yeah. a different experience for me. But Especially because those are some, um, a, a, that's a, that's a, that part of the film is a very, you know, it's, like, it's important. It's an important move, yeah. It's important because it grounds the whole movie. Um, yeah. And it's my favorite scenes. Those are my favorite I, scenes in I the movie. I love that scene. Yeah, that was a great scene. Um, and that was inspired by Salma saying, I can just in talking to her before she got the yeah. part, she's like, I, I, you know, there's one thing I'd like to, I'd like to try to fit into the movie. I can turn a sad song into a salsa, and so we're like, okay. And then I looked at Eric, and she's like, and that like made this like great scene. Was so great. Well, it's been so fun talking to you on the podcast that neither of us host. Uh, and it was uh, wonderful. <laughs> can we put our clothes back? Yeah, on? Yeah, I think so. And uh, we'll just go out with uh, you dancing. So take it away, Ken. <laughs> Uh, you could only see what I'm watching here. It is unbelievable. Wow. God damn. Even if you don't like dancing, you're going to love this. Wow. 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 Shit. All right. I stuck the ending there. Um, thank you, Paul. Oh, thank you. If that really is your name. Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly, and now Ken Marino with Paul Shear. That is his real name. It is his real name, and that was their conversation. You are really Nick Dawson. I really am Elia Einhorn. Our producer is Mark Yoshizumi. Thank you so much to Bedrock Studios in Los Angeles for recording today's podcast. They really did record it there. They did. And thanks to you listeners who keep coming back and who take the time to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, and give us a good rating so that other people can find the podcast. Do it. It's worth it. We value you. We thank you. Whatever your name really is. Over and out. Till next time. Yo, game recognized game, right? Am I right? Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> 